Well, hello there. Welcome back. I'm super happy you're here. I know I say that every week, but I truly mean it from the bottom of my heart. Anyone who tunes in, I'm so happy you're here and I mean it. Today, we're going to be talking about self-sabotage. And the key to making this episode effective for you is for you to think about what goals and dreams and things you have in your life that you keep self-sabotaging. So I want you to get a piece of paper and a pencil or take some notes on your phone, but I really do think putting actual, you know, pen to paper makes a difference. And I want you to listen to what I am talking about today and write down your thoughts. Write down what you are doing or if you have any of these negative behaviors or how you can adjust them. I really want you to self-reflect. It is super important that we are able to do that. The truth is, with a lot of my episodes, while sometimes people ask for certain topics, and this topic was technically asked for, I also love to research topics that I want to learn about, that I want to be better at, that I struggle with. And so sometimes I joke, you know, with my friends and I'm like, my podcast is really just a monologue, things I'm trying to teach myself as well. And then I just share them with other people. So today, this is truly as much for me as it is for you. And as I researched and I've thought about this topic for a couple of weeks now, and I thought about how it affected my clients and people I work with and coaches and myself and my husband and just watching other people and my own behavior, I just realized I can do this better. I know I can. And especially if I have awareness. So that's what I want you to have today. Pen and paper, awareness, write down your thoughts, and let's get you to whatever your goals are, whatever your dreams are, and kick out self-sabotage. But before we get started, as always, don't forget if this episode was helpful, I appreciate so, so much if you will share it with your friends, families, coworkers, siblings, on social media, anywhere that you feel like you would like to spread this message to, share the podcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so every Wednesday the episodes are automatically downloaded to your phone. Most places where you listen, if you click on the top right corner, there's like three dots and you can just pull that screen down and it'll hit subscribe and then you will get the episodes automatically downloaded. And if you really feel like the podcast is helpful, I always appreciate reviews. It does help the podcast grow. And today our review is called Gives Me Permission to Simply Live. And it is from Ash McKenney. 1420. She says, as a full-time farmer and a new mom to a six-month-old, Andrea is the voice that cuts through the noise and actually tells me all the things needed to live a healthy and satisfied life. She encourages me to push myself into workouts, rest more, and to be confident in my ability to intuitively eat. Every Wednesday, I listen to this as I feed the cows and before I step into my role as a mother, and it grounds me. I swear I get choked up every time she says, you're doing better than you think you are. Thanks for being so real. No, thank you, Ashley, for listening. I love to hear from you guys. I truly do. I mean it, mean it, mean it. I read the reviews and they give me energy and love and encouragement and the ability to empower you more with more information. So please don't forget to leave a review if you find the podcast helpful. And today's show sponsor is Viore Clothing. That's V-U-O-R-I. 
I buy a lot of my stuff just off Amazon because I just feel like it's easy. But this is a brand that I have been a big fan of for a while. My husband actually introduced it to me because he loves their joggers and their men's workout shorts. He feels like he can wear the shorts to work out in and then like to the pool and then all day long. And so he feels like they're very versatile. So he introduced me to Viore and I am a huge fan now. Their joggers are super soft, very comfortable. They fit very easily on the body. They're really thin, so they just feel really nice and comfortable. They dry really quickly. Their workout clothes do. They're very versatile. I love the design of them in general, and I just feel like they're perfect for working out or just for being like casual around the house. We're big fans of them. I also really like their sports bras. They have a really cute strappy sports bra that's called the Yosemite bra, and it is so unbelievably comfortable. It's not even funny. Like, I want to wear it 24-7. It is, like, so soft and comfortable. I love it. So if you want to invest in your happiness and your comfortableness when you're working out, they're offering 20% off your purchase if you just go to viore.com slash simple. Again, that's viore, V-U-O-R-I dot com slash simple. Plus, if you spend $75, you get free returns and free shipping. So 20% off, give them a try. I will also link that URL link in the show notes for later as well. All right, let's get going. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information and you're busy and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed. So I've made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here and I hope you stay a while. All right, so I'm sure you're probably thinking, well, I know what self-sabotage is. You know, sometimes we do it. But as I researched, I learned there were so many more layers to self-sabotage that I had like never even thought of. So let's kind of break this down still. Self-sabotage is when we actively or passively take steps to prevent ourselves from reaching our goals. So sometimes we do it on accident, passively. We're just kind of unaware. Sometimes we actively do it out of fear or um, past behaviors or linking things to our childhood, but we will do it on purpose. So either option, anytime that we are doing things that are hindering our goals, it would be labeled as self-sabotage. So basically, it's any attitude or behavior that doesn't match up with our values or interferes with our ability to achieve any goals that we want in life. It's pretty broad. It literally can cover any goals you have. And if you are getting in your way of your goals, that is self-sabotage. Now, of course, hear me out. Messing things up along the way and making mistakes is totally normal. That happens, and I wouldn't label that as self-sabotage. But it's when there becomes a pattern of thoughts, of actions, of behaviors that are creating a problem or preventing you from having success. And typically, it is a repetitive behavior. So it's not something that's just like, oh, I messed this up this once, or every once in a while you're making a mistake. That's all very normal. It's when you are noticing, I am doing the same thing over and over again, and it's hindering my ability to succeed in what I want. That would be self-sabotage. Oftentimes, 
people honestly don't even realize they're doing it. We just think like, oh, that's just our habits or we just haven't reached our goals. But if you honestly take a little bit of look closer into your life, which I want you to do right now, I want you to look into your behaviors because some of the things that self-sabotage can look like is avoidance, conflict creation, like you're creating conflicts or controlling behavior. And once you can recognize some of those signs, it can really help you start to change them. So let's talk a little bit more about signs that you might be self-sabotaging. I'm going to give you a handful of examples that I found that I've seen firsthand with myself, that I've seen with clients, that I've researched, that I've learned from therapists, that all kinds of things. So we're going to lay those out. So the first example, I'm just going to lay them all out together, actually. Staying within your comfort zone or avoiding change, that can be self-sabotage. Attempting to gain others' approvals. Now, sometimes this can happen because we don't want to do things because we're scared that we won't fit in or we do things simply because we're scared we won't fit in. So we just care so much about what other people think that we don't actually work towards our own goals. Setting goals that are too low to ensure success. This often happens when people have fear of failure, which is extremely common. I have an entire episode on the fear of failure. So often we'll just basically not challenge ourselves because we don't want to fail. Making excuses for ourselves, taking actions that don't match our values or goals, comparing yourself to others, socially withdrawing or isolating yourself. Risky behaviors are another example of self-sabotage and trying to control others and conflict. So as I listed all those, I want you to think and even skip back if you need to, do I do this? Yes or no? And if you do, then maybe let's think about how we can change them, which we're going to get a little bit more into. Okay, so now that I listed some examples of behaviors that cause self-sabotage, let's talk about actual ways that we do it. Because I think that's really important to recognize the ways. Like if I notice, oh, yeah, I do set low goals or I do try to not leave my comfort zone. That's great and dandy, but I need to know how I'm doing that with some more ideas. So I'm going to give you a few more ideas to think about yourself and if you are doing these. So number one, with your goals, do you procrastinate? Now, oftentimes we procrastinate because we have fear of change. We have anxiety. We don't know how to do it. So we just put it off, put it off, put it off. Or we just like put it on the back burner for so long because it seems like, oh, that's going to take so much work. I can't do it. So procrastination is one of the number one things that we do to self-sabotage ourselves. Something else, another way we do it is perfectionism. And that's a really, really common one because we have this need when we have this issue with perfectionism to be perfect. And it can be very self-defeating. The problem with perfectionism is it prevents us from advancing in our goals, in our fitness, in our relationships, in reaching really any goals that we have because oftentimes we put so much stress on doing it right that we never actually start. And I see this all the time in comments on social media with clients when I'm working with them. If they make one mistake, they think, oh, I'm going to start over. Or someone will say to me, I'm going to start trying to exercise when my kid goes to school or when I do this or when I do this. And they always have justifications of why it's not the right timing. But I can guarantee if you have goals, it will 
never be the right timing. Life is crazy. I am always busy. You are always busy and there will never be a perfect time. So if you are self-sabotaging yourself because you are a perfectionist and you are either A, constantly putting off your goals saying, I'm going to do it when, you know, A, B, and C lines up. When the moon, sun, and stars all eclipse, that's my timing. (laughs) I mean, I tease about it, but it's true that people put it off thinking that. Or B, once you've started, you're overly obsessive about doing it perfectly that you get discouraged and you give up faster. That is self-sabotage. So the first thing for you, if that is you, is to think about how you can break that perfectionist behavior. Another way that people will self-sabotage is self-criticism. The problem with our minds is it's literally the most powerful thing in your body and it affects everything that happens outside of your body. If you let your mind run rampant, unchecked, with negative thoughts, it will literally kill your goals and dreams. I promise you that. I've seen it do it for myself. I've seen it do it for other people where we turn something in that we could probably do just fine, but we get one little negative seed in there and it takes root and it chokes out all of the good. And all of a sudden, we are not seeing all the beautiful roses because we're so focused on these tiny weeds in the corner of our dream garden. We stop watering the roses, we stop fertilizing them, and we like hone in on these tiny little things. That's what negative thoughts are. That's what self-criticism does. It literally chokes out your dreams. Simply put, if you don't believe that you can do something, you can't. If you believe you can do something, you can And so along with the negative thoughts, we have to remember to think positively because every single time a client signs up with me, and I can guarantee this, depending on their wording in their first handful of emails, I already know the outcome. I already know what's going to happen because of their thoughts and their self-criticism that is easily displayed on my email screen, on my computer screen. I can tell. They will make statements like, I fail at everything, so hopefully I can do this, but we'll see what happens, or I'm just never good at exercising, or they'll make one mistake again and they'll think, I can't do this, I shouldn't have ever signed up for this, or I just can't keep up. And they're constantly telling themselves, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. So they're focusing on those little weeds, those little mistakes, those little things they're not great at instead of all the things they can do. And that is when listening to harsh self-criticism in any form is self-sabotage. It prevents us from believing that we can reach our goals and that we have what it takes to reach our goals. And if you don't believe that, it will never happen. It just will never happen. So that is a major form of self-sabotage because we are letting our thoughts control our behaviors rather than letting our abilities control our behaviors. So that's a really important one to think about. If you're never reaching your goals, is it because you are always self-criticizing yourself and telling yourself you can't do it? The last one I kind of want to point out as we talk about this issue is resisting change. We fear what we don't know. Whenever there's unknown, it scares people. It makes people feel anxiety. It makes them resist change. It triggers them to feel trapped in their comfort zone. So oftentimes, especially like when I'm working with clients, the idea of changing the type of workout 
or changing the way they're having their breakfast. Maybe I'm trying to get them to add more protein into their breakfast and they'd only had oatmeal their whole life. And I'm saying, yeah, let's add, you know, some protein into your oatmeal. That's hard for people. People want to cling to old habits. They want to make excuses. I don't like to exercise because of A, B, and C. I don't like vegetables because of A, B, and C. And they are focusing on all the things they don't want to change. And the truth is that falls directly into making excuses. It is really easy to do what we've always done. It's convenient. It doesn't take any mental work. It can be less stressful because there's no thought process to it. But at the same time, it's very unempowering if we want to see a change and we want something different than what we're doing. You can't straddle a fence. You can't want new goals. You can't want to reach to be healthier, build healthier relationships, be better in your career, be a better, you know, whatever you're working on if you want to keep your old habits. It is hard to change. It is hard to step out on the ledge and try something new because it is uncomfortable. And nobody likes being uncomfortable from like the biggest introvert to like the biggest extrovert. Nobody likes feeling uncomfortable. It's awkward. And I mean, maybe if you like it, okay, wow, you're impressive. But truthfully, it's uncomfortable. So Often we resist change simply because it feels uncomfortable, but it's actually what we need to do if we want to reach our goals. So if we're never willing to step outside the comfort zone, to do something that maybe we thought we didn't like, to add something in we didn't recognize as something we needed changed, then we won't reach our goals no matter what they are. So in a recap, really common ways that we self-sabotage is procrastination, perfectionism, self-criticism, and resisting change. If you look at all four of those examples, we can even break those down further and say, well, why? Why do we use those things? Why do we do those habits? And there's a couple reasons. One, we lack self-worth. When we don't believe in our abilities, we think we can't achieve things. That includes self-confidence, self-worth, and we often tell ourselves we're not smart enough, good enough, qualified enough, all the enoughs. We're never enough. That's one reason. We fear success. We will procrastinate. We will self-criticize. We will resist change because we fear failing or we fear success, which seems crazy, but a lot of people, depending on their childhood, if they always had a parent tell them they wouldn't be successful, they struggle with that idea of being successful. And another thought on success is we often work so hard for something for our success that sometimes it becomes a stressor. It becomes a stressor because we worry that we aren't qualified and then all of a sudden imposter syndrome sets in and we start fearing that like we are a fraud. And so then that causes anxiousness and our and we start to self-sabotage because we think, oh, we don't deserve this or I'm actually not good enough to have this. And imposter syndrome is so real. I've experienced it. I have known tons of people who also experience it where you feel like you're truly giving your best in your all, but it's hard to have the confidence to realize, no, I really know what I'm doing. Along with that fear of failure or even the fear of success, but more so the fear of failure, another issue is, you know, in all four of those aspects that we've been discussing is we want to place fault with someone else. We don't want to take accountability. 
when we believe things aren't going well or we're not going to do well, we're going to fail, then we begin behaving in a way that ensures that we will fail. So when we do fail, then we can say, well, I already knew this was going to happen because A, B, and C happened. And then the blame is transferred to someone else. Maybe during the interview, you can say, well, I don't think the interviewer liked me instead of possibly the fact that like maybe you weren't qualified for that position. Now, obviously, this doesn't happen every time, but the transfer of blame and the lack of accountability really is a huge one because often, as mentioned, people will begin believing that they're going to fail before they do and then shift that blame to external circumstances or people. This is also a way that we justify procrastination or not being prepared, and then we criticize ourselves, and then we are able to blame someone else for not succeeding. So I'm going to give you two really quick examples of this that I see with clients, and I hope that you can look in your own life and see like, oh, maybe I am not taking accountability for this, and it's actually hindering my goals and, you know, causing self-sabotage. So... Every single week, I do a check-in form with clients. Every Sunday, I send the form. They send it back to me. I watch what they're doing. Myself or one of my coaches will read it, and we'll make sure that the client's on the right track. Oftentimes, we will have someone who won't check in for three or four weeks, and maybe they're you know in month two. We haven't heard from them in three or four weeks, and then we get one check-in form after it's been a while, and they're upset. They're upset things aren't going well. They're upset they're not seeing changes, but they haven't communicated with us. They haven't sent in forms. And it's really hard for us to know how people need adjustments if we're not hearing from them. But in that person's mind, they're thinking, I'm not succeeding. It's my coach's fault. But they haven't communicated with the coaches to explain what they're having issues with, or if their macros are off, or if they're struggling with workouts, or maybe they need breakfast ideas, or maybe they're overwhelmed and they need like a step down in the program of like how to make things more basic. You know, those are just a handful of examples. But they're not seeing their hand in the role of what the coaches need to be effective, to see the big picture. So that's one example in that there's no accountability in that The coaches need a certain amount of information or communication from me to be able to give me a certain amount of information and communication back to be able to fit someone's needs. But it becomes an external blame game, which truly breaks my heart because we're there to help people. Another example is someone will have the idea that they're going to fail. It will be, you know, that self-criticism, it will be stuck in their mind. They're going to fail. They're going to fail. So because they don't believe they can succeed, they'll see a cookie or they'll see whatever and they'll say, well, I'm not going to succeed anyway. I'm going to just eat this cookie and then I'm going to eat 27 cookies afterwards because I'm not going to succeed. I know I'm not going to succeed. So I'm just going to enjoy this. And so then they self-sabotage. And again, they're imagining they're going to fail, so they, so they do, basically. And instead of just having one cooking saying, that was delicious, I'm going to move on, they tell themselves that they're failures, and then they self-sabotage and have more because they don't believe in their ability to change, and then it allows them to affect their external environment. So those are just two examples of ways that that can happen in very different aspects. So we've talked about self-sabotage, what it is, examples of it, how we do it, and why we do it. 
So now let's talk about how we can be aware and stop doing it and kick it out of our lives and just minimize it from whatever percent it is now and shrink it, shrink it, shrink it and get it out. I'm going to give you just a handful of examples, but the first one is the easiest one and it's going to make the most sense. It's that you need to boost yourself awareness. So as I mentioned, I wanted you to get a piece of paper and a pencil, and I wanted you to self-reflect. I wanted you to think about yourself. How are you hurting yourself? How are you sabotaging yourself? Are you procrastinating? Are you having self-defeating thoughts? Are you avoiding what needs to be done? Are you allowing instant gratification to take over? Are you not prioritizing self-care? All of these things. Let's be aware. What are we doing? And let's document our behaviors. Let's write down patterns. So if you find that you are always doing the same behavior to sabotage yourself, I want you to write it down. I want you to write it down. I want you to write down your thoughts when you did it, your feelings, and your external environment and how it was affecting your feelings. And you might catch a pattern there. And when you can catch a pattern, you can plan an alternative route. If I know that every single time that I, you know, feel discouraged because something doesn't, you know, I get an argument with a partner or a friend, that every single time I do that, I'm going to walk in my house and I'm going to eat a tub of ice cream. If I know that, then I can easily say, okay, I need to find a different route. I either need to get the ice cream out of my fridge or after I get in an argument, I need to plan something to help calm those feelings. Maybe after I get in an argument with a friend or a partner, I'm going to go on a 15-minute walk. And that is what I'm going to do as my alternative route to my self-sabotaging behavior of eating the entire gallon, pint, whatever it is of ice cream that really you can eat ice cream. That's no big deal. But if you're eating it out of stress and out of discouragement and out of um, emotions, that's actually not even enjoying the ice cream. You should have ice cream because you want to enjoy it, not because you're trying to tame an emotion. It's very different. So you want a different route. So self-awareness is going to help you writing down those patterns, writing down what you're doing, identifying them and finding that other route. As you begin to notice those negative behaviors and thoughts and feelings, you can ask yourself if those habits are hurting you, if they're helping you, and you can adjust. The next thing you can do is don't just set goals, but when you set goals, you need to pair it with an action plan, and that action plan also needs to include small steps. So it's really easy for us to say, I want to lose 15 pounds. I want to have X amount in my savings account. I want to work out five times a week. But if you don't have an action plan to get there, it's going to cause problems because those baby steps along the way are what are going to create the habits. You can't just go from A to D. You have to have the steps in between to get you there. So if you have a goal or something you want to work towards, don't just have the head goal at top and then a bunch of little random ones. Think about tiny steps in between. So the first step would be, let's say it's, I want to work out five days a week, or I want to add a vegetable to all of my meals. Look at what you're currently doing. Maybe I'm only working out three times a week. So instead of jumping to five times a week, I'm going to say, I'm going to work out 
three times a week and I'm going to add one 15 minute walk on a fourth day. And then I might change that fourth day to like a 30 minute, you know, more intense workout. And then maybe I'm going to change it to 40 minutes. And then I will add five days. I will do it small. And that action plan, you know, that tiny step, as I mentioned, I'm also even going to say, what day am I going to do that fourth workout? And at what time am I going to do that fourth workout? And if I struggle doing that fourth workout, am I going to find a person to do that fourth workout with so I have an accountability partner? It's the same thing if you're trying to add a vegetable. The other example I gave, maybe look at what you're already doing first. So you have to look at where you're standing. You can't just look at where you're going. If I want to say I want to eat a vegetable at every meal, how many meals am I eating a vegetable at? Maybe I'm only eating one at one. Okay, so I'm going to instead add a second one. I'm going to add two, but I'm going to add a really small serving or something that's a very easy vegetable that like maybe I'm already having during the day, but it will get me in that habit. And then once a week, maybe I'm going to add a new type of vegetable to try something new. And then I'm going to possibly add two new types of vegetables. So you're adding the variety, you're adding it to the meals, and it's slow over time. So as you make a goal, as you set an action plan, and as you take the small steps, look at where you are right now. Look at what tiny step you can make and put as many parameters as you can in with it. The time of day, with who, how you're going to do it, when you're going to do it, why you're going to do it, how it's going to fit into your schedule. The more information you can add to a simple, simple task, the more likely it is to happen. My next tip is going to be to challenge that inner critic, that mean, mean, mean girl that's living in your body. You got to get her out of there. She is making your life miserable. She is hindering you from getting your goals. Nobody likes her, and I know you don't like her either, so stop letting her run your mind, her or him. You know, I don't know who's listening, but Get that mean critic out. The inner critic is literally the primary factor of underlying self-sabotage because of the negativity and because we are having critical thoughts, we are thinking we can't do things, and truthfully, your ability to believe in your abilities is your number one factor to having success. It is so important. We have got to learn to replace those negative thoughts with nurturing, kind, considerate, loving thoughts about ourselves and the process and patience and grace with our abilities to make changes. Nobody changes overnight. Nobody hits their goals overnight. Nobody even hits their goals in a straight line. It is like a messy, swirled up, crazy mess to hit to our goals. But that is normal. And we have to give ourselves grace and acknowledge that your emotions are going to affect you. And we have to accept our past mistakes and realize that we're human and move on and learn from them and not dwell in them. So replacing anytime like you are having a negative inner mean girl thought, I need you to instantly replace it with a positive one. Anything. I don't care if it's a nice thing about like, I like my eyes. I, I like that I think I'm helpful. Any thought, anything, because it can change something from negative to positive. Now, when you get to the point where you have a negative thought, if you were better at replacing it with a positive thought about the same subject, that would be the next step. 
that would be helpful. But I know that takes time. So start with any positive thought and then build from there and then get to the point where you're having negative thoughts about your goals and replace that negative thought with something positive about your goal that you are able to do. And even if you don't think you can, tell yourself you can. Because as I said, if you think you can't, you can't. If you think you can, you can. I promise you, you can. My next tip is to know and embrace your strengths. The most common thing I see, and truthfully, I do it too. Like I said, this is a part that's a monologue. I will hone in on my weaknesses. I wish I was better at this. If I could do this better, this would, you know, work out more. You have to focus on your strengths. Everybody has strengths and weaknesses. And the truth is our strengths help us thrive. And if we can identify and acknowledge and use those strengths to our benefit, and we reflect on those strengths, then it helps us identify not just the good attitudes and the good part of us, but it can help us use those strengths to encourage our weaker points. When we know our strengths and we cling to them, we allow them to empower us. We allow them to be strong and we allow them to say, we are good at this. I have some good things about this. And even if I'm not perfect in other areas, I can use my strengths to my benefit, which creates confidence, self-worth, and ability and belief in yourself. And so clinging and embracing those in strengths is so important. So knowing your strengths and finding ways to use those strengths at least once a day can really help create self-love and self-worth and self-confidence, which are all your best friends. You want those in your back pocket. They are going to affect your ability to reach your goals because when we are confident, we're braver. We're more courageous. We're more willing to step out of a lim- on a limb. We're more willing to step out of our comfort zone. We're more willing to try something new and say, it's okay, we can try this change because we're confident. So use your strengths every day and try to build self-love from them. My last tip, and you guys know I'm a big fan of this, is don't be scared to reach out for help. If you are constantly self-sabotaging and you just feel like you are in a hole, you might want to reach out to a therapist because there are a lot of different therapy types that can help with self-sabotage. There's behavior on motivational therapy. There's cognitive behavioral therapy. There's mindfulness-based therapy. There's strength-based therapies. There's acceptance and commutative therapy and all different kinds. And it's going to work differently for everybody. So if you feel like I cannot get out of my own way. I can't stop procrastinating. I can't stop the criticism. I can't stop resisting change. I am obsessed with being perfect. You might want to reach out to a therapist. And that's okay. Therapy is cool. Therapy makes you a better person. Even if you go just a couple times, if you feel like you've used all of your own tools in your tool belt to improve your ability to not self-sabotage, it doesn't hurt to hurt to reach out to someone. I think it's really important for people to know that. So I want to end with a couple of questions to really help you self-reflect on your own behavior. If you do self-sabotage, why you do it, possible reasons and ways that you do it. I want to leave you with these questions to really just get you thinking about yourself and what is happening. And I reflected on these questions myself and found areas where I'm like, "Mm, I, I need to be better in that area. Not I need to be better. I should say I can do better in that area. 
because I love myself and I love being able to empower myself through my strengths and positive energy. So I want you to think about and actually ask yourself these questions if you think you self-sabotage. Is your behavior aligning with your goals? If not, what is stopping you from taking action to make your dreams come true? Do you prioritize instant gratification? Do you feel uneasiness or discomfort when you progress? If yes, I want you to dig deeper. Is this discomfort based on what others have told you that limited your aspirations? Is this discomfort based on a fear of failure or worry of looking foolish? Do you always procrastinate? Are you always focusing on those self-defeating thoughts? Do you have unease or fear of failure? Do you believe that you deserve success? And do you truly believe in your abilities in general to have success? I highly suggest that you think about these questions and you truly ask yourself, what am I afraid of? And what am I letting disturb my abilities to reach my goals? Fitness goals, health goals, financial goals, relationship goals, spiritual goals, whatever they are, what am I afraid of? Write it down, think about it, and think about how you can start those other routes that we talked about, other directions with the self-awareness. Think about how you can set goals and the action plans with the goals and the small steps along the way. Challenge that inner critic and use your strengths to overcome what you are afraid of. I know with all my heart that you can do this. There have been things in my life that I thought, I can never do that. And when I put my head down, put my work into it, and I believed in myself, I did it. And I know you can too. I hope this episode was helpful. I hope that you can recognize some of those negative behaviors and catch them and kick them out of your life because when you're aware of them, it's easier to truly avoid them. And if this episode was helpful, as always, please do share it and realize that you truly are, you are doing better than you think you are. All right, that's it for this week. I hope this is helpful and we will chat next week. We'll talk later. Thank you.